You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. And now we should be live. Dad! You call this archaeology? Get out of there, Dad! All right. Hello, everyone. Yeah, welcome, welcome to, to the show. Yeah, episode 87, I think. 87, nice. Which is really confusing since, um, since um, oh God, the other show, um, the archaeology show is episode 98. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're running independent episode numbers on this, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, Sorry, I'm just listening to us and we sound good. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, oh, good. it's weird running different episode numbers, but this is a different show. And if I ever, I'll tell you what, I've True. got a new producer <laughs> and we're just ramping him up here for, um, for the archaeology. Oh, I saw that. Show. Yeah, if he, if he starts bringing in um, consistent guests, then, well, I might have to either release this into that feed on off days or release it into its own feed for the audio version of it. I don't know. Um, we'll just have to... <laughs> have to see how that goes it, it really just depends on consistency so for right now it ends it's really handy to be able to release these into that feed because this is more of a general show ah. about different things and so is that one so um <laughs> that's why i released it in that feed and it works but yeah yeah either way <laughs> oh you know what you need what you you need like um you need like the APN flag you had and put it down right behind your chair. <laughs> well, I've thought about I mean, putting didn't... something on this, on this shade over here. Um, because ah. more often than not, it doesn't seem, it seems like no matter how we face or what we're doing or what campsite we're at, there's sun coming in this window in the afternoon. And if I were to open it, it would totally <laughs> blind out my camera. So that's why it's closed right now. Um, <laughs> but it's like a, it's, it's like one of those, you know, old school maps in a classroom. Like I should put something down here and then like pull it down. Yeah. Go grab ah. that APN tapestry thing. <laughs> so that'll be fun oh my oh my before we get to what we're doing or you know I, mm -hmm. there are two things i wanted to bring up about i was like cruising through facebook this morning mm -hmm. and oh god we just talked about right before we went on we talked about one of them but then the other one was also about a student who was about to graduate and um was chatting about or was um, putting up a post about um what they were looking for in a job and in colorado mm -hmm which is amazing since I think the other one, the other person also wanted to move to Colorado, but they were like, yeah, I'm all right with being a home away from home, like for a week or two at a time, but I don't really want to be <laughs> away from home that much. What sort of CRM work can I get? <laughs> and yeah. that post got like almost no replies because it's just like, like you're literally dreaming. <laughs> yeah. It's like get in touch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what does it and, mean? You know, I know I, that's well, what I was wondering too. Yeah. What does it mean? I don't want to be away from home because there are plenty of people like, you know, we work mostly in the Great Basin and there are plenty of people that haven't left Reno in a really long time from a, from a domicile standpoint. Right. But they work for different companies yeah. that um, allow them to, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you might be gone 10 days at a time, but you're still coming back to Reno. So does that count as leaving home? I don't know. I don't think it does. I, that's what I was wondering too. Yeah. And then the, who was it? The other one, God, the other one was, um, was someone who was wondering, cause I made this mistake when I first got into business, I thought I had a job wherever. And so I moved to Southern California, which was kind of, which was bad and good because I definitely didn't get on that project, but it was also good because it right. got my butt in the gear in terms of like, um, you know, getting myself out there. Cause otherwise if I hadn't had the desperation in the paper and apartment, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I would probably would have just been like sitting in my dad's place like forever. 
but this person was wondering, should I move, you know, should I move to Colorado or wherever it was he wanted to move to, you know, yeah. and what sort of jobs can I get there? And everybody's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> like, I don't know what would possess someone to think that you need to move somewhere <laughs> to get some, especially if you're literally just about to graduate. Oh, right. Yeah, we already got chat. Yeah. Amy, uh, Amy said, I don't think it counts. And I think she's requiring, um, Saying how, you know, going out and doing 10 days and, you know, week-long projects and stuff doesn't count as leaving home, you know, because you're always coming back to a home base. It's those, those shovel bums that, that really don't have a home base. Those are the ones that people probably think of when they say, you know, I, where can I be? Where can I go? Um, I mean, that's how I was uh, my first couple of years of doing archaeology. I didn't really have a home base. I, <laughs> I had everything in storage and I, I moved from project to project and I had everything with me that I needed. So I relied on the projects oh. to give me lodging, you know. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. When you were like in Florida camping in that in that um, old beetle of yours, did you yes. ever think you'd get to where you are now? <laughs> I could fit four of those beetles in my home now, uh, my home on wheels now. So, um, no, I mean, you know what? To be honest, though, yes, because I've always kind of dreamed big like that. So I've never really thought, oh, that'll never be me. I've always thought, yes, that will be me. And how can I make that happen? So, um, I mean, I've... Yeah. I've probably told that story before. I don't know how much detail, but when I was on that project in Florida, it was probably the lowest point of my um, archaeology career, if not my life, because it was just so <laughs> miserable. It was low paying. I wasn't even able to really pay my bills um, with the pay they were giving us, and the per diem was total garbage. <laughs> and it was it was Monday through Friday with, you know, you had to find some place to stay, yeah. basically Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, because then we met up for the project Monday morning. So... Without a, without a home base, that really made it difficult. And I'll never forget sleeping in my tent in Jupiter, Florida, just because I wanted to go out near the ocean and it was closer to the project than Tampa was. I was like, I mean, I went to the, I went to the CVS and bought like a, um, I bought a, a little electric water heater, uh, like a, like a, just like a electric heater, you know, for water and uh, a fan yeah. because oh, I, I had, about. yeah, my campsite had power. So I had a little fan for inside my tent. Um, you know, I had the whole thing just like basically yeah. wide open to, for a breeze, but I also had a fan in there. Then I had a little water heater so I could make coffee in my French press. And <laughs> I just, uh, I, I was, I was at such a low point. It was so humid and disgusting and I had nobody, no friends, nobody I knew that was there. All the people were new on the project and none of them like hung out on the weekends because they all had places to go back to. <laughs> Oh man, it was so bad. Um, real quick, oh. Chuck Hutchison says hi, and he he missed watching oh, yeah. uh, Sundays. So how you doing, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo. But um, you know, I feel like that's instructive for people who um maybe people in the future who are watching this who are about to get in this job to explain because I feel like you and I had very different kind of camping experiences, and I feel like maybe you know. Do you prepare? Yeah. Like, did you just like, you know, how did you, what was the thinking process behind like going to that project in Jupiter, Florida? And like, how did you prepare for it or gear up for it or anything? Well, honestly, it wasn't a, it wasn't a camping project. I mean, we, we, we had a Best Western ah. hotel room um, or maybe it was a Holiday Inn Express. It was a nice hotel room for the four nights we were during the week on ah. the project. Um, we had double occupancy, so I had to share the room with somebody, uh, which was terrible. But yeah. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it was a sight better than my, my life on the weekends. My life was only like that on the weekends because <laughs> I couldn't afford to stay anywhere else. You know, I mean, I couldn't uh-huh. afford to just get a hotel room three of the, three out of the seven nights a week. So I found a campground that was relatively cheap. And <laughs> that was only because you know, I could barely afford that. And, um, sleeping in my car would have been the other option, but it wasn't really an option because there was, I mean, I'd had to take, I didn't have that much stuff with me. I traveled pretty light, but I'd had to take all of it out to be able to sleep in that bug, you know, now granted (laughs) I'm six one and with the seats down in that bug and it being a hatchback, I mean, I could actually lay back there relatively comfortably. It wasn't that bad, but I had to take all my stuff out and like set it on the ground, which I didn't really want to do in alligator country. So that's interesting because you know you know because when I um, first got into this job when I first started thinking about even going to field school I was like Mm -hmm. fully prepared for like camping which is like you know I spent like which is you've seen my tent like you know I've literally had that tent my entire career and I've never even had to think about it once I've never had to worry about it coming down or letting water in or whatnot and I'm just like you know to me that's just like I thought that what I thought that's what the job was going to be was just like a lot of camping and being outside (laughs) Yeah. You know. Well, I feel I like. Know. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, all right. 
because I feel like a lot of um a lot of students who are graduating right now they might be watching a lot of, a lot of those van life videos or mm-hmm. looking on van life Instagram Instagrammer pages, and it's just like you know this job isn't really like that. Or make it can be, but a lot of people who get into this job and think thinking about getting into van life, they're not like outdoorsy people, like people who would normally spend time outside other than maybe to go for a weekend hike. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you and I, like, you know, I spent like, I spent years of my life on a bicycle and years of my life just like being outside, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I enjoy camping, but maybe a lot of people who are about to graduate and want to get into this job, they might not enjoy kind of working out West or any place you need to camp. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They might not. I mean, some of the camping experiences I've had on actual projects were, you know, really good and some were, some were less yeah. good. Um, you know, like, uh, I remember the first time I ever actually camped for an archeology span project was in, uh, we stayed in a Virgin Valley campground up in North, North central Nevada. Oh, that was like, um, that was my first camping project too, but with a different company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the first place we did camp was right there. And, I'll tell you what, my first experience after, you know, I was born and raised in the Washington area with, you know, trees all around. And then I spent a lot of time in the Southeast, again, surrounded by trees and things like that. And the Virgin Valley campground was probably the first time I ever pitched my tent on gravel and oh, really? pound the stakes into gravel. I just never done it before. Right. I'd never experienced <laughs> that before. And it was just, I was like, really? Are you freaking kidding me? Now, the one thing I do love, of course, about high desert camping is I love to be nice and cool when I sleep. And yeah, same here. You know, we've, we've been on, I remember one of the last camping projects I did um, with you, with that company we were with uh, a long time oh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was out in central Nevada and we were, you know, it was right in the middle of summertime and I'll tell you what, we were sweating our ass off during the day. Um, but at night, just true perfect. to the high desert. Yeah. It gets down into the fifties and it's nice, comfortable sleeping weather. Yeah. And it was so, like, you know, plenty of firewood around and we built like a campfire. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that wasn't bad. And you got to draw that oh. giant profile that never got used. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So or was it no, not maybe, or it was just never finished. <laughs> it's probably never finished. I mean, I never finished it. I, I got a large portion of it done, but yeah, I just never went back. So, you know, it's interesting, like, um, first time in years, um, I had to get a, all my camping equipment. Well, I mean, technically I didn't have to, cause, um, um, the company vehicle I'm using actually has a topper on it and I've, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I've got a cot and, you know, a heater buddy. I can probably <laughs> just throw it in the back of that, but I potentially have another camping project right after this, you know, we'll see. Oh, same company. I wanted to, no, different one. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to make sure all my camping equipment was like all good because normally I wouldn't bother hauling out that big giant tent for just like, um, a week. <laughs> Cause you know, oh, it goes it, up. Oh, go ahead. I was say, is your second camping project the one with me? No. Oh, okay. So that, that'd be a third camping project this summer. <laughs> yeah. And so, nice. you know, yeah. So I've, um, you know, not only I've been doing that, but also, you know, I went camping almost two weeks ago now and realizing, wow, I'm like, like all my camping gear is meant for like, camping like for like a month <laughs> yeah, and not for yeah. just like setting up for like overnight or a week or at least here in yeah. Nevada. <laughs> well, that, that makes it really difficult. Like the only we're in our RV right now, of course, um, as you can see behind me, but we did bring some camping gear just on the off chance that we might go do something, even though we're kind of living in campgrounds now. And, but the only thing we brought was like a small um, backpacking tent. That's like two, three person backpacking tent. Really. I think it's like two person, which oh, really? the, two of us, the two of us in there, who knows? Um, you know, with a couple of one? Yeah, it is an RE. I think it's an REI one. I don't know. Is I haven't it used the same it one you were using. Um, is it the same one you were using when we were in Lake County? Oh no, that's not a backpacking tent. The one I had in Lake County <laughs> is like a six person domed. I mean like massive box, right? That's a huge <laughs> yeah. tent that we didn't bring. Um, mm. yeah, we didn't, we didn't bring that because the only vehicle we have aside from the RV is this smaller, um, Ford C-Max and that tent is in this huge action packer. And if we put other stuff, I mean, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta travel light. So, I mean, th- th- our thought was if we ended up somewhere, that had some nice hiking trails or something that were leading away from the campground or we were in a good spot that maybe we could go on the weekends. We could go on like an overnight, um, backpacking trip, you know, backpack out sleep and then backpack back. So we brought sleeping bags, some, some of our bigger packs and, uh, just a couple sleeping pads and those, um, in that tent. And then we've got, 
we've got other stuff that we could take with us, you know, um, at the same time and, and fit it yeah. all into the, uh, into the overnight bags basically. But that's about, <laughs> it's like what you're saying though, as far as camping projects and camping, uh, for work and as such goes, yeah. You're right. It's difficult to camp for the night. You almost have to have two <laughs> sets of camping gear. You know, one that's yeah. just like, here's the essentials in a smaller tent. Cause when I go camping for a project, I mean, I, I, I go under the mentality. It's just like when I go into a hotel room and I know you're the same way. Yeah. yeah. I go there cause it's my home now. That's where I live for the next 10 yeah. days, five days, whatever the case may be. And that's where I'm living. And when I go camping, I mean, I bring a big tent, I bring my cot, I bring, same um, here. <laughs> you, you remember seeing my setup in Lake County. I had two tables because yeah. I was, I had my computer on there, you know, we're doing podcasting yeah. and working and, and it's just like a little kitchen. I mean, we, yeah. we kind of set up the same way. And I think, yeah, except, I think that I brought my own shower. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I bring my own shower sometimes too, although I gave it away last year, so I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite as into the vintage um, aspect of things like you are, but I think the one place where you and I probably intersect is, uh, is in camping. Cause I've always dreamed yeah. of having that, you know, huge canvas tent with the little pot belly <laughs> stove in the corner and the, yeah. the, the, the oak writing table and the, you know, just <laughs> the African well, expedition uh, edition. <laughs> well, that's what I was originally thinking of when I originally was camp shopping for that tent. But then I realized I, this was before I had my pickup truck so i had to get all that stuff into the back of my vw convertible same one i own today yeah <laughs> yeah so that was about the um biggest tent i could fit in there and that tent you know you've seen it that thing takes like you know when it's folded up it still takes a full-size duffel get in there that's not mm -hmm. even all of it <laughs> yeah i'm even afraid yeah. to weigh it <laughs> yeah um amy here says is that how it is for field schools she says so maybe people get that impression from field schools i think she's talking about the camping aspect of things um she said she never had the opportunity to attend a field school so doesn't know and i'll tell you what uh i i i camped for my field school for sure oh, same here um but it was in africa it was in east africa ah. And we were in Olduvai Gorge in the leaky camp and the, the camping area, the whole camp, but the camping area specifically was surrounded by, um, it was probably eight foot tall, like, um, brambles that were brought in. Um, I don't think they, they oh. grow there. They, they keep restocking and bringing in that they're, they're basically a border around the camp because we wake up, uh, you know, you crawl out of your tent and you see giraffe and elephants <laughs> just like on the other side of this like natural fence. And, yeah. um, and we had Maasai, uh, Maasai warriors from the nearby village that were basically paid. I think they were paid in trade or something like that to um, basically guard the entrance uh, to make Ooh. sure not only did no people come in, um, no other tribes or anything like that, but no animals specifically like lions and uh, cool. lions and hyenas, basically they're the bad ones. Um, but honestly, other animals would have been bad too. Like you don't want an elephant tromping through your tent in the middle of the night yeah. while you're sleeping. So oh, um, my that was God. my first, that was my camping field school. You camped for your field school too, didn't you? Yeah. And the thing is that that was my first introduction to, cause I've been camping plenty of times before, but this was like in nicer parts of California where mm -hmm. it's like stays moderately temperate. Whereas where I was camping was much more um, high desert ish. It was basically the very far Western edge of the great basin. And so it'd be right. ungodly hot during the day. And then at night it would get down to like the thirties and twenties. <laughs> and that's when, you know, that's when I realized that um, a sleeping bag can have a rating, but that's not, that's, the survivability rating. That's not the um, comfort rating. Yes. And that's when I got my zero degree sleeping bag, which I still use today. And um, that's when I started dreaming about getting a tent heater. <laughs> I know I, I tend to run hot, so I get the, I don't get the super cold sleeping bags, but the, um, uh, my wife found the same thing. She, uh, she used to get the, you know, like 30, 30 degree, I think is the next one up from like zero degree. Yeah. Um, but she definitely has a zero <laughs> degree now and, uh, and loves it. <laughs> oh, well, so. and also, you know, one thing I should point out is that, um, is that camp, cause I started out with a bunch of backpacking gear when I went to field school, you know, mm -hmm. in addition to like my um, old canvas tent. One of the things I realized is the fact that, um, camping for fun or for a weekend is very different than, um, when you're basically living there and like working there. Yeah. Cause obviously when you're camping for fun, if it's cold in the morning, you can just sleep in until the sun comes out and warms up. Whereas when, um, when you're working and you know, your start time is 6am, you know, mm -hmm. and it's still like 20 degrees outside. It's time to go. <laughs> like right. there's no, right. like, there's no like waiting. And so, you know, <laughs> so it's a completely different mindset and like mm -hmm. you need completely different equipment. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. Um, so what, uh, I mean, what kind of, what kind of time frame? I, I, it's fun talking about camping because you're talking about camping for different types of projects, but yeah. how long are you packing for right now? Are you guys going out for a really long time or are you packing nope. for outback, outback, outback? Oh my goodness. It's, um, it's complicated because normally I wouldn't bother packing a lot of the equipment I'm bringing now, but it's been so many years since I brought it out that I want to make sure it all still works, mm. you know, and that I'm still, that I familiarize myself with getting it like set up again. Sure. And more importantly, we're um, going far enough North that it's moose slash grizzly country. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I don't necessarily want it. Cause my, uh, my super lightweight setup is, um, literally a bivy sack and a, um, and now I have a, um, one of those tarps, one of those outdoor tarps. It literally just arrived today, but I'm like, maybe I don't want to use that like before, like now, like, I don't want to like get myself familiarized with setting up a tarp tent, like, you know, <laughs> when it's for work. Yeah. Cause, cause I've literally got a 10 hour drive tomorrow. And the last thing I want to do is get there and suddenly, you know, have to spend like two hours puzzling how to get this thing up. <laughs> Chris Webster here for the Archaeology Podcast Network. We strive for high quality interviews and content so you can find information on any topic in archaeology from around the world. One way we do that is by recording interviews with our hosts and guests located in many parts of the world all at once. We do that through the use of Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Zencaster allows us to record high quality audio with no stress on the guest. Just send them a link to click on and that's it. Zencaster does the rest. They even do automatic transcriptions. Check out the link in the show notes for 30% off your first three months or go to Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com and use the code T-A-S. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. One of the other great alternatives um, to camping that you've done and that I've done is using your truck. You know, and, yeah. and the cool thing is we've both done it in, in very different ways. You know, we've got a, <laughs> we've got a topper over our truck and then we bought from that company yeah. Airbeds with a Z. Um, oh, I know that. Yeah. You can find the inflatable bed that fits your bed exactly. And I, I think we only paid a couple hundred bucks for this um, yeah. air mattress, maybe less. I can't remember, but it's, it's pretty cool. And you know, the Tacoma <laughs> is a short bed, the one that we had and yeah. the air mattress fits perfectly in. So you can close the bed if you want um, yeah. and leave it inflated if you want to. But um then there's a, an extension that covers the, uh, the tailgate. And that's what allowed me to sleep comfortably was the <laughs> extension. But I will, I will give a warning to anybody using those. Um, yeah. you know, when you move around in bed, you typically move your feet around and, yeah. uh, that junction between the bed and the extension was in the right spot for me to just put my foot in there and kick it right off the back end of the truck or oh, into really? the tent that we had over the back of it. Yeah. And it never stayed like it was so tight. Both of them worked yeah. from the air pressure that the two little knobs that, that basically plugged it into each other just came off. So you ended up, yeah. I ended up using the Tacoma's um, tie down points in the back on the bed Oh yeah, yeah. And, and running a ratchet strap around the end of the, um, uh, the extension and then ratcheting it yeah. into the bed and that it never fell off again. Um, but that was really good. I loved it. Uh, it does. It's not so good for staying warm. I mean, one night we did, uh, we didn't <laughs> have the buddy heater in there hanging from the, uh, hanging from Ooh. the open door of the canopy where the tent goes around yeah. and we had the buddy cause it was so cold in there. Yeah. But, uh, but otherwise, <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good alternative. I wouldn't do it for a really long period of time, but that would be like my overnight or several night um, yeah. setup if we had to do it. So. Oh, interesting. Is that one of those things that went with your, did you like, did you sell that with your um, Tacoma or is it still in yeah. storage? 
No, actually, we we had no use for it. So the the people we sold the Tacoma to, and they were actually friends of my wife's. Um, we just let them have the. Actually, they got a pretty good deal. Um, not only did they get a, a good deal on the Tacoma, but they got our extra spare tire. So they got two spare tires, and you know, yeah. I had two wheels and two tires with it. Um, they got the chains that we bought for it because we didn't have a vehicle the chains would fit on, and then yeah. they got the um, um, they got the airbed and the and the tent. I figured, what the hell, we'll throw them in. <laughs> So, wow. and the canopy for that matter. I mean, you know, Oh yeah. like I took that off. Well, I mean, but you know, isn't that like one of the reasons that's, I assume that's one of the reasons why you didn't take, take it to CarMax. So I know you brought your Prius to CarMax, right? Yeah. We sold the Prius at CarMax because CarMax specifically told us that they basically stripped the vehicle, all the factory stuff and, <laughs> and try to put the factory stuff back in. I don't know how they treat a stereo. Cause that's the other thing they got was our stereo. I didn't realize yeah. that that stereo would have been great in this RV. And now I basically have to buy another one because um, <laughs> it would fit perfectly. But oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a good stereo for this RV. But, uh, yeah. and the other thing is we need three cameras because when I hit my blinker, the left camera goes When I hit my right blinker, the right camera goes, and then there's the backup camera. Um, oh. that all plugs into the stereo and the stereo I had in the Tacoma would take three cameras if you had them, but, Oh wait, uh, would show them all simultaneously. No, it only show them one at a time, but they're triggered off the turn signals and the, and the backup and, and re- going into reverse. It triggers the oh. camera. Yeah. Oh, so right now you don't have any cameras, I assume, aside from the, maybe the backup one. No, well, we do in the RV. I mean, this, this, this stereo does have the three cameras. Um, yeah. And the other cool thing is I can choose them whenever I want. Like if we're just running down the road, I can flip on yeah. the backup camera and see behind me. Um, but, uh, but no, what I'm saying is it, the stereo is garbage and I want to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that I had in the Tacoma would have fit nicely in here. Um, but you know, that's the thing about CarMax too, that I'm wondering if anybody's got any experience with is, you know, when they say that they'll replace everything with, um, like they pull out all the non-factory stuff, what would have included our stereo. Well, yeah. what if I had thrown away the factory stereo? I'm not the kind of guy that would do that. I had it and I gave it to the new owners and I'm like, here, here's the factory stereo oh, and the wow. faceplate that goes with it and all the wiring I ripped out. Here you go. Um, Interesting. You know, I was like, have at it. And, uh, <laughs> but what would CarMax have done? Would they just, I mean, it's kind of hard to order a new one. Not that hard, but yeah. you know, that's what they would have had to do. So I don't know, <laughs> which means they probably would have given us below book for it because of all the work they had to do, yeah. um, you know, to bring it back to factory. So who knows as, as it is, we sold it for about two or 3000 over blue book. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's interesting. You know, you mentioned like you brought your like little backpacker tent, like one of the, um, one of the YouTube channels mm-hmm. I follow. What is it? Um, the outdoor gear review. Like he does a lot of camping up in North Carolina, I think. Mm. Yeah. 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 So I was wondering nice. if you were going to like, you know, head out there and like tick country and like maybe do some overnight camping. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if we do any overnight camping, it's more than likely not going to be in North Carolina. Uh, we might do some of that beforehand, you know, like when we, maybe when we head over, um, in hopefully late September, early October at the latest, uh, maybe we'll do some, cause we're, we're planning on taking our time to get over there. At least that's what we're planning on right now. Yeah. That might change when we get there, but yeah, we're, you know, I want to take a few weeks to get over to North Carolina for the, for the fall. And, um, it would be great to stop like in the Rockies or something and Ooh. do some, do some weekend or, or even week long stays and maybe do some overnight camping there. That'd be really fun. Ooh. And like, you know, perfect, like YouTube content. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, we've got so much content right now. It's not edited, but. Oh, same here. I know we've got so much content and so many more things that we're able to start filming again, especially since we got on the road that uh, we might start <laughs> releasing two a week. So oh, really? Know. I've got to get off. I got to get off my ass and get, uh, get recording now, but Hey, I, yeah. Did you, Richie, did you see, I'm pretty excited about this cause you're a YouTuber too, but, uh, well, first off, I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate artists and what they do. Okay. Yeah. And I approached somebody at my former coworking space. Well, my current coworking space, I'm just not there right now. Um, I approached this person who I know is a graphic design artist and she's done some stuff for some local stores in town that I really appreciated. Um, a coffee shop that you like to frequent. She did all the yeah. designs for their bags and their logo. Oh wait, really? And yeah. And I told her, oh, I said, cool. you know, we've got this new roadster adventures, um, YouTube channel for my wife. And oh, I, and is that who did your new logo? I was wondering about that. No. Uh, she did not because oh. she, she quoted us almost $2,000 to really? design and give us a logo that fits all the formats and things like that. And I'm like, that 
is great. We can't afford that right now. Um, so let's keep going. And then my wife and I were on our way up here to Oregon and we were stopped <laughs> overnight down in, uh, um, just below the Oregon border in California on one one And, and yeah. we we're like, we need to get, we want to get an Instagram account set up but to do that. We need an email address <laughs> to get the email address. Um, I really should finalize yeah. the website to finalize the website. I need a logo. And so I spent that evening and I just came up with the logo. And, uh, ah. and then not only that, but I came up with an animation for the logo, which I'm still pretty happy about. It's rudimentary. You can tell somebody yeah. who doesn't have experience in doing those things did it. But the beginning yeah. of our video release today, about 30 seconds in, has yeah. um, the new logo with some, uh, admittedly with some video I didn't take. It's stock footage behind oh. the animation of the logo, but I'm going to yeah. use my own video at some point. I just wanted to get it out for this video and, yeah. uh, and get it up there. But yeah, once you get past the title screen now, and again, about 30, 35 seconds in, then yeah. our, our animated logo starts. But I'm super happy with it. Um, it's It was basic, and I may, I'm going to have a vinyl made for it this week, and we're going to put it on the back of the RV. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool. So, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I don't, I'm real happy with it. Like I said, I even put it on our T public store for APN and uh, already ordered Rachel a t shirt and myself some things. <laughs> so, uh, I really like it. I don't see the need to change it anytime soon. Oh my God. But, you know, um, we talked about this before the show started, but, you know, obviously I've been like watching all the YouTube channels dedicated to mm -hmm. like, van life, RV life, camping life, etc. And one of those channels that <laughs> it's so entertaining, even though his videos are like a bajillion minutes long, his name is Steve Wallace. Yeah. And he's like, um, he's like doing camping, but it's like regular dude camping. So like, you know, instead of like, instead of like learning how to tie knots or anything like that, he like, you know, he was like throwing up his tarp with, um, with curtain rods and like zip ties. Nice. And like some, like some of the people like who, um, apparently for like a while he was trending on YouTube and one of his, one of his videos was, and like a whole bunch of people were like, why am I getting this? Like, is, this dude looks like a homeless dude. <laughs> he looks like he's living like the homeless person's life. And I'm like, man, but you know, I mean, you know, I guess that's, you know, I, it's just interesting. Cause like, it really gave me some real interesting inspirations, you know, about, um, about um like camping ideas or at least like yeah. camping <laughs> yeah because you know obviously you know i was at rei the other day trying to buy fuel and you know and they were completely out and i was like man like you know like <laughs> there's like rich person camping you know rei and then there's sportsman's warehouse camping and then there's what this dude's doing <laughs> yeah yeah. And the crazy part is, is that I had, is that I went all over town looking for, um, looking for, um, isobutane and mm -hmm. butane for like all my stoves and stuff. And it's just like, man, everything was out. Although I guess maybe that's because of July 4th, even though it was mm -hmm. like that two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, we got a comment. Ha. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hey, okay. uh, I was going to say, um, you should take a look yeah. at, take a look on the website too. Cause just this morning I added, oh. Uh, um, Oh, I've got to change the name on YouTube. It says roadster in the old way we were spelling it. Um, anyway, uh, no, I, I added a new map and it's just, I've been looking around and I've seen some things before yeah. and I figured since we were committing to this, I wanted to, there's some really good Squarespace plugins that you can get, um, yeah for some really cool mapping features. But in advance of finding a good one, um, I went <laughs> on to Google Maps and I've just got, you know, I made it a nice simple map background and I've got yeah. some layered stuff in there and I've got all of our videos linked into the points on the map. So when you click on one, the video actually pops up and, and then I actually included um, basically drive. It, it's kind of fun. I wanted to do like the Indiana Jones style arcing, you know, from here <laughs> to here kind of thing. Yeah. But Google doesn't do that, so I figured I'd do it a, an easier way and uh, just yeah. driving directions. <laughs> so there's actually driving directions between the videos uh, all wow. over the country. And <laughs> it, it didn't take very long to put together. And it's actually yeah. um, it's actually pretty cool. And it's a nice interactive <laughs> map right on the website. So, You know what? Speaking of maps, like um, obviously I've been fooling around with the QGIS, you mm -hmm. know, for years. And um, I finally taught myself after years of like, you know, putting it off, I finally learned how to geo-reference a map and nice. you know which which was super easy like that was shockingly simple as long as you're yeah. detail oriented because um like my first map was not um was not very accurate but you know all the rest of them are 
good enough for like, you know, at least knowing the area I'm in. Well, yeah, and, you know, I mean, you just got to match up a few points as long as the source map and the, and the map you're trying to geo-reference are accurate enough. <laughs> and yeah. The stretching and isn't the, too bad. And the crazy part is that um, QGIS will, it will automatically detect if the map you've got is um, in NED27 or um, NED83, and it'll do like a, what's called a, what it calls a ballpark conversion, which is like right. accurate to like, what, 20 meters, which is good enough for me. But the yeah. thing I was, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because so many of these damn phone apps, like Avenza and everything, they make you pay <laughs> yeah. to like yeah. download this map. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> right. Like I still, oh my God. It's just like, man. And I wouldn't necessarily mind paying if it was like a one-time fee, but it's just like a monthly subscription. <laughs> monthly seems weird. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Did, did you hear, because I, I can't remember if we released it yet. I think we released it this week, but um, one of the last podcast oh. we recorded with the architect podcast i talked about an app called touch gis and i'll tell you what that oh, is wait now uh, it's i got it for ios so i don't know if they have an android version but that is probably the best gis app i've ever seen in my life the only one really? thing that it doesn't seem to do is yeah. you, doesn't seem like you can connect an external bluetooth and read it through the app um an external bluetooth antenna but uh-huh. And it might be just be because I didn't try it and maybe that yeah. option didn't appear, but I couldn't see it anywhere in the settings to do that. But the ability to create new projects and then create new feature classes on the fly with different attributes on the fly and then to collect points, do you can draw shapes, you can do all kinds of stuff and then to easily export all that stuff as shape files is phenomenal. I imported yeah. shape files with ease from Dropbox. I exported shape files with ease. I recorded things with ease. <laughs> I did everything and I did most of it offline because I used it on that Jerry Canyon project, the uh, Elko one. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. And, you know, we were doing some different things. And since I had never used that app before, I hadn't realized yeah. because I just didn't think about it until I got on site, you know, some yeah. of the other feature classes I would need, you know, so I'm like, oh, I need to make a thing for um, tin cans. I need to make a thing for a glass, you know, something like that, uh, whatever the case is. And I was able to change the icon, change the color make a new feature class, put it in my archaeology group, and then take points on it. And uh, it was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. Interesting. Because um, yeah. was I thinking? Because it, it almost sounds like collector without the, um, without the outrageous fees you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. And there, um, I know that for a fact that there are, um, that there are, and I don't think it's on Android, but I know that there are Android apps just like that. Mm-hmm. Like, thankfully, I've got my phone right here. And yeah. some of the apps I use, let's see, oh my God, there's like, I have GPX viewer and then I have map INR, mm-hmm. which unfortunately the real weakness of um, these two apps is the fact that you can't download your own base map. You have to, uh-huh. um, you know, you have to use Google maps with them, which for me was not as useful. Right. Right. You know, that's the one thing. That's the one good thing about collectors. The fact that you can download your own base map. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. You know, because otherwise, why am oh. I making all this geotiffs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. So it does look um, cool, though. It's it's interesting. They even have the um. They even have like an iPad Pro here on like you know the main web page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, that was really cool. Um, oh wait, well, let's go see the pricing for Touch GIS. Yeah. That's yeah. Not bad, so I, actually, no, and I think I paid for the annual um, just because yeah. I don't know. It seemed seemed useful. Um, well, it's like what three hundred bucks at max for um, for a year, which isn't yeah. bad, especially if you're oh, using for real projects. That's right. That's that app. No, I did not pay for the whole year. Um, I just paid for the month, which I'm already into a second month. So, uh, yeah. but now that we're going to possibly do these projects coming up here. I, I don't even know if I'll shut it off. I might just keep it on and bill it to the project. Sorry, John. <laughs> so interesting. Let me look up. Let me look up and see if you can use it with a um, you know. Let's see. That would be weird because like mm-hmm. have this app and then you know not be able to um, not be able to hook it up to a GPS. Yeah, and yeah, I never looked it up in the help documentation. So you're right. Um, maybe we need to look that up because. Uh, uh, I do have that EOS Arrow 100 that I should try it with because I'll probably be using oh, that. Oh, you still have that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've still got it. Ah. It's, it's mine, so I'm not getting rid of it. Ah, interesting. 
Huh. Yeah. Suddenly, all suddenly the show stops while we're looking up stuff on the <laughs> internet. But because <laughs> you know, obviously, that's like one of the um, that's that was like one of the useful things when I was using Collector, is the yeah. fact that um, is the fact that you know it hooks up. You can either use the internal GPS or an external GPS, right. which was super right. handy. Yeah. Right, let me. Interesting. So it doesn't say anything about that. <laughs> Interesting. That would be kind of weird if it couldn't. Although, wouldn't iOS just be able to, like, you know, use the external GPS just like, you know? Yeah. I mean, more than likely. Um, more, more than likely, that's, you're right. You would be using the external GPS antenna. But the problem is, are you recording the information with the shapefile that people like to see, like number of satellites, accuracy, um, you know, stuff like that. If it's not pulling in that kind of data, then, you know, no, you're probably not using it. So. Oh, cause that was always one of the handy things about collectors. The fact that, you know, it had almost all the same parameters as, um, as a Trimble basically. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And like, I was always amazed when I, um, when I first, um, God, when I was first um, playing around, I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, when I um, downloaded the apps to use with my phone instead of the um, instead of the um, the um, tablet they gave me. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it just it just went with the um, default settings, but I was surprised at how well you could configure that. Right. I was also surprised that the person who taught me how to um, use the tablet and the external GPS didn't realize that um, the because she um. <laughs> Cause she like was using it and then she gave it to me. And then when I got it, I realized, Oh, this isn't using the um, external GPS at all. It's just using the internal one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, one thing I will admit, you know, um, teaching myself more about QGIS now, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to before is the fact that um, it's very difficult to wrap your mind around what QGIS can do and what it can't do. Cause originally, mm-hmm. You know, there are certain things I thought it could do before that it couldn't. And I just thought maybe I just couldn't figure it out. But now that I'm more familiar with it, I realize that there are some things it just um, that a lot of these GIS programs just aren't configured to do. It could be. Like, for instance, when you um, when you go to the USGS website, was it I think it's called the National Map. That's where I got my paper maps, mm-hmm. you know, that I am um, georeferenced. And there's the um, there's a download for the um, PDF. And then there's the metadata download. And one of the things I learned is that um, no matter what you do, QGIS cannot open up the metadata that, um, that the USGS has. Really? Yeah. Cause it's, um, Oh God, I forget the, um, it's an XML file. And I think I want to say, I want to say ArcGIS can open it. I mean, I don't know since I don't have ArcGIS, but QGIS can definitely not open it. And I spent like hours and hours and hours looking that up. <laughs> huh? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. So, you know, that's why I had to, um, that's why I had to georeference it. Otherwise, you know, it would have just been simple just to join the two data sets. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And the crazy part is now we're, is that now they've moved on to, was it, oh God, it's not ArcGIS anymore. It's um, that other one. <laughs> I forget. They just introduced it. There's like, was it Arc Pro or something? I don't even know. Yeah. I haven't heard. Yeah. Yeah. Esri literally, yeah. literally just, um, introduce yeah ArcGIS what is it ArcGIS Pro they just mm. introduced a new program that everyone has to um everyone has to get everyone basically has to um start using right hmm okay then yeah. yeah oh interesting it's um it integrates their cloud app with their desktop app <laughs> okay yeah interesting cuz you know I remember in the olden days when um, I guess maybe for some companies it's still the olden days, but you know, you had to like, basically someone at the office had to like make their, had to do stuff on um, ArcGIS and then they had to upload it to the server and then you need to find some place and then you need to hook mm-hmm. up to the server back at the office. And of course it was always those super clunky, I forget the name of them. <laughs> I mean, I've got one here, but it's like that super clunky big box thing. Mm-hmm. Oh God. What, it, what is, what is the name of it? It's going to bug me. Oh, well, <laughs> but yeah, you know, kind of like your own portable Wi-Fi or cloud enabled, um, server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Interesting. So what was, so what was the Cherokee Alpha Wolf? Now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. So our last video, um, it's a camper trailer, 29 foot, actually pretty nice one. It would be great for, uh, well, great for anybody that can tow it. Uh, so you need to have probably at least a five, 6,000 pound towing capacity with it all loaded up with your stuff. But, um, it was a great little camper trailer. I liked it. It just wasn't a long-term living solution for us unless you're hooked into a park the whole time. Um, sure. you know, cause it, it doesn't have its own generator. It doesn't have, uh, um, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it had propane. I don't remember if I saw that like for the, Oh yeah, it does off the front. I think there was propane on the front that you could probably run the refrigerator off of if you needed to. Um, but propane super efficient. We've got a 24 gallon propane tank on this thing and which is really only 20 gallons. I found out because they, they always (laughs) reduce it by a bit. Um, they don't fill them all the way up. Um, so we've got 20 effective gallons and they, we bought it. They filled up the (laughs) propane tank for us. And occasionally we've had to run our refrigerator off propane and uh and the propane stove of course runs all the time off propane and then the water heater will run off either propane or electric whichever one you have and uh and we're only down just under half a tank of propane um after a month of this thing yeah so so it's super efficient but anyway the cherokee alpha wolf by forest river it was like i said it was a nice camper but the only thing i don't like about campers is again they're not designed for long-term usage i mean they're they're great for short-term usage but yeah you know, they're made to be light, so you can tow it behind a variety of vehicles. In fact, your Tacoma would tow it. You just wouldn't <laughs> be able to put much in it, and you're not going very fast. Um, yeah. My Tacoma would have towed it, but just not with our stuff in it, you know, and you you want to yeah. put a bunch of stuff in the bed of the truck and all that. It's just not going to work. Um, so, yeah. So that's why we didn't get it. But when they make these things light enough to tow, I mean, it's 29 feet long. When they make it light enough to tow yeah. by a truck like that, making it light means kind of making it cheap. Now, Forest River does yeah. a pretty good job about nicely pointed interiors, right? Everything looks good, but yeah. how long would it last if you're living in there full time? You know, how long would it last? <laughs> I just, I really don't know. Um, I don't well, it depends. Like, you know, obviously here in Nevada, plenty of people like that's their house. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't make it work. Don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> I just have a different standard of quality, I think. So, um, you know, like this thing we're in now, I mean, this thing's built like a tank. I mean, it's, yeah really, you know, well put together custom woodwork and, and just all kinds of good stuff. And it's, uh, it's not going to fall apart anytime soon. Now it really freaks me out when I'm, you know, leaving a parking lot or something like that. You know how you go down, it kind of, kind of yeah. slopes down onto the street and you're turning at the same time. I'll tell you what, this thing creaks and shakes all over the place when that's <laughs> happening. I'm always afraid that these cabinets above me are going to fall on my head. But, well, uh, yeah. You know, what's interesting is that, um, I forget if I mentioned this in any of the previous live streams, but I found exactly what I was looking for. There's a company in Florida that basically mm-hmm. makes, um, they make extra heavy duty cargo trailers that are also, um, also double as um, super bare bones um, campers. Like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they don't have, they literally have nothing in them other than windows and a door. Like, you know, basically, cause I know some campgrounds, like they won't let you, camp they won't let you sleep in a cargo trailer you know yeah. they demand that it has like certain features like you know x number of windows and like two external doors or whatever and so right. they create literally created this um, cargo trailer just for that sort of um just for that sort of usage and i was thinking wow that's neat because you know for me it's just like like you mentioned like you know i would not be living in it living in it mm-hmm. <laughs> i just i would just want something that mainly i would just um mainly it would just be a cargo trailer <laughs> sure sure you know yeah. But um but interesting, we do have a few comments by the way. 
Yeah, I was just looking at that one from Patrick where he says yeah. putting site data on the cloud is insecure. And I'm sure he's referring to my uploading yeah. and downloading of shapefiles from Dropbox. True. Um, well, and, you know. and, and possibly your use of uh, Q field as well. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that, um, is that a lot of companies used, um, have, was it Synology? That's the name of it. That's not, that's not Synology, like, um, you know, box, um, God, I forget what you call them, but you know, they literally Synology only makes these like Wi-Fi cloud servers, like personal mm -hmm. servers. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that like every company I know uses that, you know, they might use different size boxes, like the company you and I used to work for. They actually use the exact same model that I have here. <laughs> Which is yeah. crazy since this is like the most basic entry level model. And the crazy mm -hmm. thing is, is that a lot of companies, they don't change the default passwords. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, sure, maybe you're not putting on Dropbox, but you know, companies, but you can still be broken into since a lot of companies don't bother changing, changing the default passwords. <laughs> yeah. Or if they make their own passwords, they're incredibly stupidly simple. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I would like to point out too, like, you know, when I use Dropbox for um, archaeology projects and shapefiles and stuff, I mean, I use Dropbox exclusively for all kinds of things. And of course, you know, some things are, they're only as secure as, secure as your username and password, which, you know, you have to make sure those are good. But beyond that, yeah. uh, Dropbox has so many like government certifications for their security across the world. Oh, they do? That, yeah. I mean, it is it is almost impenetrable. I got to say, uh, I mean, if you're really wow. worried about, if you're worried about your data on the cloud, um, it, it really <laughs> is, uh, something to behold. So, um, yeah. and there's, and there's lots of things like that. Like almost anything with the uh, Amazon web services backing is oh, pretty hard to get into. Yeah. And, and the, and you got to think about the use case too. Like, you know, if you're a major retailer or something like that, sure. You're a pretty big hacking target for credit card numbers and stuff like that. But yeah. not too many people are hacking into an archaeologist Dropbox account. Not too many people are <laughs> hacking into uh, even servers owned by the company. Like who who would do that? You know, I mean, look at the use case there. <laughs> so the benefit that you get from doing these things far outweighs the security risks that are potentially involved because you're more likely, sure. and I've said this before, you're more likely that a field tech is going to leave their clipboard full of site paperwork at the gas station than you yeah. are somebody's going to hack into your into your server. I mean, that's the more likely use case right there. And the thing is, is that um, a lot of companies are against Dropbox, but when you use something like a Synology server, you're effectively using the same thing. It's like, yeah. it, that's what it, that's what Dropbox is. It's like commercial, it's a commercial server. And the thing is, yeah. is that, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter whether they're using Synology, a Synology server, or whether you're using Dropbox, you still need yeah. to um, have all the same um, security precautions because, you know, weak password right. is a weak password. Anything that's connected to the internet, you know, you can be hacked, whether it's like mm -hmm. your own, whether you buy your own personal box or just paying for Dropbox or, you know, was, Android or um, Amazon. That's totally true. Yeah. So, so I feel like Amazon, Amazon's um, cloud service might be a little cheaper. Uh, I don't know when you get around to it. Um, yeah, it might be because they, they try to make everything cheaper except for buying their products. So um, interesting. Does that come with, does that come complimentary with um, Prime or am I wrong? I don't know. You get a lot of stuff with Prime. Uh, I know I get music, but I never use it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I get server space or, you know, like a, like a file storage kind of thing or not. Um, I never really looked into it. So, yeah, but well, Hey, we are approaching an hour here. So oh, we are, we should, wow. yeah, we should start to uh, start signing off and, and you got to finish yeah. packing anyway. So, um, That's true. Yeah, I'll remind everybody to check out the uh, the Archaeology Podcast Network on Facebook in order to be alerted. You can like the page and we'll, it will alert you when we go live. And we're, again, trying to do this every Sunday, but our schedules are pretty crazy during the summertime and <laughs> you never know what's going on. And now, I mean, we may end up having to change the time. We're trying to be settled by Sundays, but when we move this RV and we go to a different campground, because yeah. my work schedule during the week is pretty inflexible, um, we have to be settled by Sunday. So sometimes we're going to be driving oh. on this day, but every other Sunday I try to make it so 
Yeah. You know, we're at least settled because I've got the CRM archaeology recording uh, <laughs> right before this every other Sunday. So um, we're trying to make it work. Um, anyway, like the page at arcpodnet.com. I'm sorry, facebook.com forward slash arcpodnet. <laughs> um, always, I want to mention too the, the new membership structure over at the Archaeology Podcast Network. It's now $7.99 a month versus all three different memberships that we had. So you can support us for, you know, as much as your Netflix account and, and bring great archaeology education podcast into the world. So, um, so that's it for that. Richie, what are your sources where they can find you? Oh, well, let's see. I, it's hard to figure out how to get like a shareable link for my, um, for my channel, <laughs> but that is, but the, um, but I just put up the link to my latest video at happy archaeology fun time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And it's interesting. It's interesting. Cause you know, I, I was just looking at your uh, website. I realized that you and I definitely have different purposes for each of our websites. Cause I know yours is mostly focused on your channel, but for me, I mean, eventually, hopefully one of these days, assuming I get enough videos up, I was hoping to turn it into like a general all around um, field archeology span resource. Like, you know, where you can figure out like, you know, like link to shovel bums or link to a um, mark field work, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And all day, like, you know, and a link to all the various cheat sheet sources that I use and everyone else uses for that matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, we definitely have different purposes. I mean, ours is more of a, more of a travel blog kind of thing. And we'll have, <laughs> you know, we'll have it categorized into some helpful resources later on, but that's really not what we're doing there with that, uh, with that website. But for years, it totally makes sense. And it would be a great resource to have and, yeah. uh, and link to. Yeah. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. God, Facebook's giving me all sorts of internal errors. Anyway. (laughs) Sounds like it's time to go then. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. God, so God, so you've already got merch (laughs) for your channel? Well, I, I have the T public store with APN. So once I made that logo, I went over and threw it up on there real quick. I'll probably have to take it down later since it's not related to the APN. Although it kind of is because we are doing some archaeology stuff on there and I do own the APN, so I feel like it's okay. But we'll see. We'll see. So, oh, but you know, before I forget to ask, like, how are the um, how are how are merch sales going <laughs> for the APN? Just out of curiosity, yeah, uh, not too bad. We have several a week, I would say. Um, oh, really? Not, not that, not that many. Not. It's not like we're. You know, it's not like we're retiring to a private island in the Caribbean with that money, but every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. So every time people buy yeah. um, something and um, since it seems like mask wearing is going to be with us for a long time, um, ah. they have masks up there, which is kind of fun. And I put up a few new designs that are specific towards masks and yeah. you can actually get any of our designs on uh, two different styles of masks too. And I think they're eight, uh, $10 and $14 or something. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't remember, but they're... Uh, it's pretty affordable. And if you want one and you want to support us and, and support hygiene, then go over and get one of those. Maybe I should uh, put this, you call this archeology span logo on a mask. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Before go. I forget, by the way, what did you talk about on, did you um, record CRM archeology span today? Yes, we did one today. And we talked about, uh, we spent the most of the time talking about the concept of good faith effort. It's in the language for recording cultural resources. You're supposed to do it. Uh, uh, you're supposed to record with a good faith effort. And we <laughs> talked about what the heck does that mean? <laughs> oh, what'd you come with? So, what conclusion did you draw? <laughs> there's no conclusion. Everybody has their own <laughs> ideas on what it means. So the, the one conclusion we all came to is that it, it really is, it really is based on, um, it, in reality, it ends up being based on your experiences as and and educational level and um, skills yeah. as an archaeologist. And we all we all did agree that we want to go back to ten years ago when we first started, or or earlier, and say yeah. uh, and and possibly re-record some of those archaeology sites we were recording because now we know more. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Now, yeah. and is how is um is that different than due dil- due diligence? Well, due diligence is not really in the language of the law. Oh, it's you not. Know? Not, I mean, not really. It's, it really says to a good faith effort. And that's, that's what the context of the law of the regulation is. So it's, um, so that's why we talked about it. Yeah. Oh, Brandy Uh, says she would totally buy an APN mask. Hey, they're up there at, uh, arcpodnet.com forward slash shop. Click on the T public store and there's like 30 different designs up there and you can get any one of them on a mask. So Wait, head on over Brandy. Yeah, absolutely. All the designs now, they just added mask to their list of things. So Richie, if there's anything you want to see on a mask from, uh, from this channel or, or anything else related to this APN, I'm then let about me that. know. 
let me know and I'll put it up there. You can buy the mask today. You know, also oh, if anybody cool. has any ideas and we can get them on there, um, T public discounts, new designs. I think it's for 48 hours or something like that. They discount 20, 25% or maybe even 30%. Um, I think it's 20% discount for the, for everything purchased with that design for the first couple of days. So really, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. So interesting. Like I'm literally yeah. just looking it up now, even though we should probably wrap you up the show. <laughs> we are wrapping up the show. So thank you everyone for that. Um, we've got 10 viewers right down here at the last minute. Wait, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks everybody for coming in. And again, Richie, are you going to be here this weekend? You're going to be available. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough to say. Cause, um, <laughs> cause, um, the way I, und- like the way I understand it is that it's only su- we're supposed to drive back Saturday. But I was looking at the um, I was looking at the historic maps because obviously I downloaded the 2020 topos, but the um, 1995 topos from where we're working show a bunch of um, old mining features that may or may not be there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. God, it's harder to get the mask on, you know, on the T public store than I thought. <laughs> just just going through it now. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah, you got to look for it. Yeah, you definitely. Ah. Uh, that's so irritating. All right. Yeah. So everyone stick at it because um, it's definitely not on the main page. It's not like filtered by products. And if you click on the, um, if you click on it on any design you like, it won't be in the drop down menu, which is how I usually look for it. Yeah. You got to click on one of the designs and then go scroll down past the t-shirt and it's down in one of those columns there. I just oh, linked hang to on. masks. Yeah. Hang on. I just want to double check to confirm. No, actually, like, um, interesting. No, you, you, you click on the design, and then you scroll past the T-shirt, and it's basically under the hoodie column. It says tank oh. top, crew neck, then it says mask down there. Yeah. Oh, wait, so it's below hoodie. Oh, interesting, because yeah. I'm not seeing it at all. Maybe, huh. huh. Oh, well, there it, it is. You mean, you mean down, yeah. below the, um, down below the icons? Uh, uh, it's, down there, it's around there somewhere, but I linked to one of them um, that I like right here on the on the page. So let's, let's end this. Cause we got to go. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. Thanks everybody. And feel <laughs> free to feel free to go in and buy some masks. There you go. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. Well, we'll see you guys cool. next time. You know, whenever right. that is. <laughs> yep. Thanks Richie. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the archaeology show. Feel free to comment and view the show notes on the website at www.arcpodnet.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ArcPodNet. You can also find us on the Lyceum app, a podcast app just for educational podcasts. Music for this show is called I Wish You Would Look from the band Sea Hero. Again, thanks for listening and have an awesome day. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US dollars a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info.